Hey everyone, welcome to the Grind Together podcast. We're the Grinders. I'm Lauren. And I'm Matt. And on this podcast, we want to create opportunities for growth through real conversation. Let's go. Hi friends, we're so happy you're back with us. We are. We hope you're doing great. If you're not, we get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been there before. We have. Even, even this week, we've had some bad days and... Um, yeah, we don't want to put it. I mean, social media is kind of crazy and you can kind of mask everything and hide behind social media a lot. We don't want to be those people. So we never do. We always want to keep it really real with you and just let you know that we are literally grinding together with you. I think that was one of the biggest reasons I loved the name of our podcast and like everything that we do grind together. It is a spinoff of our last name Griner, but really like we're grinding in life with each other and with you guys and on our own and there were some sexual connotations with it too yeah we had some people <laughs> that are a little bit upset about that but that that's okay um yeah but uh in this episode we want to kind of follow along with what we started in the last episode when we were talking about love and we were able to share our story um of kind of how we met our dating life and who we were back then and we just want to keep it going for this next month in March of 2024, we have some exciting stuff coming out and we kind of just want you to understand who we are because we've never really told our entire story. Yeah, we haven't. We've given you guys little snippets here and there or maybe what you see online or maybe you've known us a long yeah. time. Maybe you've known us like maybe you went to high school with us. Maybe you knew us in junior high or elementary school. I don't know, but yeah. I don't think a lot of people know who we are now. That makes sense. Even if you do listen to this podcast and you have, I don't think you really like really, really know us. And that's what I'm hoping through sharing all of this with you that you'll really get to know us and you'll be able to see us for who we really are. Absolutely. And I think that we want to start off when just kind of after we got married. Yeah. So we were young when we got married. We were 21 years old. Both of us were. And we got married very, very quickly um, in the world standards, right? Like we, yeah, we were high school sweethearts. We've been dating for a while, but we weren't together for a really, really long time. Um, Because I lived in a different country for two years and came back from that country. And we got married two months to the day after I got back. Yeah, I could not wait to marry you. Mm -hmm. Um, I also was very much, like I wanted to be married. I wanted... I was, I was, I don't want to say conditioned to think that that was the most important thing I should do, but it really was a conditioning. It really was something that was put in my head, um, that that was the most important thing I should be doing. And that was the most important thing that I should have as a standard for myself, um, was to be married and to be a mother and to have babies and to raise those babies and to do all of, and to be an amazing wife and to serve you as, as a woman. Um, and so I did love you, but I definitely was like chomping at the bit to get married as fast as I possibly <laughs> could. Yeah. And I felt behind, like how sad is that? That I felt behind as at 21, at 21 I yeah. felt old. Cause honestly, like we knew people that were already having kids at 21 yeah. that got married when they were 19, mm-hmm. which is insane. Now, or even thinking 18. About it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is great for them. And everyone's path is so different. Everybody has their own journey that they're going to do and, and take and, and really like 
I would never tell somebody that they shouldn't do something. Not in saying that somebody does that. It's just to say like that that was a societal norm that we grew up with. Oh, totally. Because it should be like, do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Um, but yeah, it was like, get married, have kids. That's your purpose. Yeah. Like I would get comments Yeah. as a 19 year old. Like, why are you not married yet? Yeah. Like I was going to turn into some old hag if I didn't get married (laughs) soon. And I was like, I'm really young. Like lay off of me. Like I'm 19. Do you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. we got married when we were 21 and marriage for us when we got married. Um, if I can paint this picture perfectly, um, we were so broke. Yeah. Like had no money. And uh, you had a, like maybe a couple hundred dollars saved up. From... I, had, I, I vividly remember I had like $849. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I was living paycheck to paycheck. Like I have continually always kind of done my whole entire life. Right. Um, but we were going to be married and we were going to do it. And we were going to, it was going to be amazing. And so um, at that time, we found a cute little home really close to your mom and dad to rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and rent was like $400 and it was like stretching it for us to make that rent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I worked as an assistant for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I like swindled my way into convincing him to let me be his assistant slash like a receptionist at, at our brokerage, which was so fun and I loved it and it was great. And I'm very grateful that he gave me that t- chance and that job to work for him um and you sold supplements at a kiosk in the mall yeah that was the thing if we want to talk about like mentality right for me um I kind of just jumped into what everyone else was doing I didn't really know what I wanted or had even I didn't even know that I could give myself the permission to even ask that question right it was just hey you need a job I remember I was like, I really just want a job where I can wear a golf shirt that has a logo on it. That is really funny. Which is so interesting because I was like, if that happens, then I made it, right? Um, So I found just that. Like, uh, I think it was through, oh yeah, it was my brother. Like, my brother was like, hey, there's this gig, you can go do it. So I sold supplements at a kiosk in a mall while we were first newlyweds. And I quickly realized that that wasn't making enough money at all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And, um, and you were steady with you, with your stuff. And I, this isn't just about jobs or story. It's about more for me on the mental side of it is like, I didn't see anything bigger than what was right in front of me at the time. And so at the time, um, like we jumped into a world of like real estate. So I, I would go and get a, like a real estate job. And then I, jumped into a sales job because everybody that we live around knocks doors to for a living it. Like if you want to go make money and get out of the matrix and all the stuff that they tell you, you go knock doors so you can make however much money you want. Cause if you sell, then you can make it. And so I did that and I jumped into it and every single job that I had in our early stages of our marriage, like never fit like at all for me. And Looking back now, it was just because I genuinely didn't understand that there was more to life, that you could look at yourself and understand that like you have a talent, right? Um, And if you talk about like spirituality in those times, everything was reliant on the fact that I was asking God to give me an answer and I was just hoping to receive something, right? So spiritually for me, um, 
like we grew up members of a Christian based church, right? It's called the Mormon church or Latter-day Saints. And like, we're still like members of that church, but our spirituality has drastically shifted. Um, and that's what we want to kind of, for you to understand in our story. Right. Yeah. And so I grew up praying a ton and I grew up, um, living underneath a fear-based God thinking that if I didn't do something, then I wouldn't get a blessing or this is difficult to tell honestly. Um, but, uh, or thinking that if I didn't follow the rules the way that I needed to, that I would be judged and I wouldn't get um, the reward at the end of this life or even right now. Right. And so I never felt even after we got married that I was up to the task when it came to the God that I believed in. Right. Or when it came to the rules of the religion that I, um, had chose to be in because like I had messed up with girls and I never, never, ever paid tithing. Not once. Right. And that was a big rule for the church is a big rule for the church. And, um, like I watched porn all the time and you're for sure not supposed to be doing that. Like I masturbated all the time. You're for sure not supposed to be doing that. Right. Yeah. And so there was so much guilt, so much shame, even like in our early years that had carried on from like my teenage years where I'm supposed to know all these rules. And then I went and like, I was supposed to be a perfect person at all of these rules. And I never was. And then I was also supposed to be a perfect person for my spouse throughout all these rules. And I never was right. Yeah. So my mental state going through my like very, very crucial developmental years was just fucked genuinely because I never felt good enough for anyone, let alone myself. And so I would go, um, to work, to church, to family members, homes, um, and I would literally just feel like the smallest version of myself, not even knowing that there was something else. And in my mind, there was only, um, there was only repentance that would save me. And that was the last thing that I was ever going to do. I was never going to repent to someone. I was never going to walk into somebody's office excuse me, and say, Hey, these are the things that I did. You tell me what my punishment is and then I'll feel better about myself. That just didn't line up in my head. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I'm married to you and you're this saint of a person. I'm not a saint. You were though. No, I just grew up with a completely different it's so interesting because we grew up in the same religion. Yeah. We did. And this whole episode is not on any kind of religion. It's, no, not at all. It's I'm just talking about my... spirituality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we do... This is probably the biggest question that we get is based around spirituality and religion. Right. And so I'm so excited to be finally talking about it. Um, we grew up in the same religion, mm-hmm. but my version or my idea of God was so much different than yours. And we would have these conversations and we would talk and, uh, 
And I was like, Matt, like God is a loving God. Like he loves you. And you were like, but by this rules, like I'm not doing things. And like, there's judgment and there is all these things. And I was like, it's fine. Like I, we always tease, like, I believe in hippie Jesus or I believe in hippie God, because right. it's like, I truly believe. And I always have since I was young. And I don't know if it was something that my parents taught me. I don't know if it was just something I picked up on. I have no idea where I learned it from, but that God was a God of love. Right. And God was somebody who loved you and created you. And he was a father figure. Right. So, um, sorry, this is hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and truthfully, I looked, I looked at God like I do. Um, my own dad. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be hard for a lot of people, especially in like a faith transition or, uh, you know, any kind of healing journey. Sometimes that's really hard to have that image correlate with somebody that's here earthly. Yeah. Um, and so that is how I grew up with just like this. No, God is, is loving and he accepts, he accepts all and he, you can do no wrong in his eyes. Do you know what I mean? Um, but there was a huge part of me that was very similar to like what you said, where I felt like I needed to be doing all of the things in order to receive the blessings or in order to receive the things, or I needed to be acting a specific way so that, um, I could get something in return. Um, that love was very transactional. Right. Like I needed to do X, Y, and Z so that I would get X, Y, and Z. Honestly though, sorry, remember where you're going, but as like a universal law that pans out, that makes sense. Like if you want something, you've got to, you've kind of got to follow the rules to get that thing. Kind of, but mine was out of fear. Exactly. So mine was very fear based of like, I needed to be doing this. Like I need to be, I mean, let's take something really simple. Like I need to be saying my prayers um, so that I receive certain blessings or and like the blessings that we were promised were solely like they had to do with that institution with the church. Correct. Right. And so, um, and so going, going with that, um, I did every, and also I did everything to prove something to somebody. Like I wanted to, I wanted to have specific titles and roles in where I was at. And I wanted to be able to like truthfully show everybody else around me how righteous and how amazing I was Mm -hmm. because if I had a title to my name or I had a or a calling or whatever that looked like that was important, I had made it. I had done something right. And so that came back also to how I looked at myself, which was like, I need to be this perfect wife. And I need to be a mother. I need to have kids yeah. now. And I and I look back on like my decision to have our first baby. <laughs> and it was after attending the temple. Okay. I came to you and I said like, I think we need to start have, trying to have a kid. I yeah. think we need to start trying to have a baby. And we had been married, I think maybe nine months at that point, which is nothing. And I could tell you were so nervous. <laughs> And I was just like, Matt, like I feel so strongly about it. And to be honest with you, I can tell you right now, 
that I didn't receive some revelation from God while I was in there. Yeah. I just felt behind in the world. I felt behind. My friends were having babies. It was like freaking keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Everyone around me, everywhere I looked. And I would never take that back. Obviously, we have the world's most incredible children. But I I don't know if I was ready. There was no chance that we were ready to have kids. I for sure wasn't ready to have kids. If you want to talk about like living blindly, that's what it was for 100%. Me. And I would agree. And I thought yeah. I was so present. And I thought I was doing everything that I needed to be doing to like be good and be perfect. And like my life was on this trajectory of like, you've got it figured out outside looking in. I probably looked like I had my shit figured out. Yeah, I really did. Mm -hmm. But what I can tell you is that I was so unhappy with myself. Really? And I consist. Yeah. And I consistently looked at so many things outside of me to provide that happiness. Yeah. I look back to like, you the first time I found out that you're watching pornography yeah and I look at that scenario and I think I was so ashamed of myself of me because you watched porn okay I, I was ashamed of my body of how my body looked of how like the actions I was choosing to do which it didn't have anything to do with me but like yet I took it all on because I had been told that like that was my fault if you were doing something like that. Okay. Um, same thing with work. Like you talk about showing up to places and feeling like the smallest version of yourself. Like I almost had to force myself to be small in settings because I had been told that I shouldn't be so loud and I shouldn't be this like, inappropriate like women are not this inappropriate you should like speak with more eloquence and <laughs> and you shouldn't like be that irreverent yeah hmm. you should cover your body up yeah because you're responsible of how others view you and what they think of you that's your responsibility and that really mind fucked me bad <laughs> we both use that term <laughs> It really did. Yeah. Even thinking that too, from a guy's perspective, uh, not from a guy's perspective, even from what you're saying. Yeah. If you cover up and if that's like the, the rule, what we should be doing, that does make you feel that does your self image then goes down. Yeah. Big time. Which is interesting. I've never even thought about it that way because we've li I've lived so long with that where it's like the woman covers up and like we like that yeah your body is sacred interesting so yeah you hide it from yourself even too hmm. oh my gosh yeah no well i did that too um so i married yeah i married you and you at the time you were just so honestly from my point of view self-aware truthfully okay because i wasn't i had no idea who the hell i was i had no idea what direction i wanted to go and you were like, yeah, this is the career I want. I know I want this many kids and this is the life I want. Oh, that's funny. Cause I look, I look back on it. Yeah. And I never really chose to do what I did. Yeah. But you seem so confident in it and maybe that's just a play. 
I don't know if it's a play. It's more that I, I didn't see another option. Okay. I was good at it. I was actually, I wasn't good at it. It took me really, really a long freaking time to, to do it. Uh-huh. And we're talking like I got my real estate license. So oh, you're we, talking about your career. I'm talking about more like the life trajectory that you had set for yourself. Because even at 21 years old, when we decided to have our first kid, I was not even close to thinking about having babies. And you were like, oh, well, this is what I've seen other people do. This is a life that other people have created. So that's the life that I want to create for myself. Yeah, that's mine true. was I was just like I literally was just stuck. Like it was like I was living a mindless life, truthfully. Hmm. And, and I'll even say this, it, it didn't, I was living that way up until I was 28 years old, right? Where I just let things slip through my fingers. I didn't actually take advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me, let alone like actively try and do something productive with my life. And like, that sucks to even say about myself, right? Um, but like it's it, looking back, it's like year, months, days, months, years went by just like that in the blink of an eye. And I'm just like, oh, what happened? And I know you listening have been in that situation because it happens to so many people. We literally just get in this like mindset. I got in this mindset of just like life when something good happens, I'll know. And that's when I'll go to the next level. That's when I'll make more money. That's when we'll get the bigger house. That's when like it always reliant on somebody else doing something for me rather than me proactively doing something. And when we got married and we had our first kid, we both blew up like balloons, like got so fat. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Me especially, like I just let myself go. Like if I can put it into context, guys, like we would go... It's actually some of my favorite memories. So like, I'm not going to back on. They're funny. They're not my favorite though. Well, they're for what it did to us though. Like I love that we went and did that together, but like we would wake up in the morning and be like, Matt was going to school (laughs) at the time. You were a full-time student and I was selling real estate. Even that the full-time student thing, right? Like I didn't even ask myself like, Hey, why am I actually going to school? Why do I want to be doing this? Yeah. Cause if you asked me right now, I would have been like the one thing that I regret the most is going to college. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I had dropped out because it was like, it's too expensive to pay. It was too expensive to pay for both of us and we couldn't get financial aid for it. And so I was like, listen, I think I'm going to do a career where I don't really need a college degree right off the bat. Like I want to go to school. So you asked yourself that I wouldn't even do that. I want to go to school. And, and, uh, here's the hard part though, is I was told growing up that like I needed to go to school. I needed to have that advanced education. And so it sat in my mind for years and years and years of like, you need to go back and get a degree. You need to go back and get a degree. You're not going to like amount to anything if you don't have a degree, all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you, you were going to school full time and I was working, um, as a real estate agent and we had, we had Bodie and we just kind of switched off schedules. So we didn't have anyone to help take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would go and we would go buy like a box of donuts at like one of our favorite donut places that was down the street from our house and you guys, we would eat like the whole dozen box of donuts, just the two of us. In one sitting, yeah. Like that's so <laughs> not healthy for you. And yeah, like I wish I would have just had a better relationship with food back then. Because I use it to cope and I think to Perfect. run away from everything that was going on in my life. That's what made me feel good. 
but like, we want to no talk about an addiction about that yeah, at but the you, time. Yeah, but you want to talk like, about an addiction? Like my addiction to for sure was food. Yeah. And it was very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that I was even using like food and like porn and all this stuff just to mask the fact that I wasn't actually living life. Right. Yeah. And it just made me feel good in the moment. Like all these little things that you go back and you're just like, what the hell? Right. So, um, so yeah, we just let ourselves go. And especially me, there was zero drive, zero, like want to do anything because I was stuck in this mental state of unconsciously, genuinely, it was unconscious because like I, was so unhappy with my mental state because I knew that deep down I would never be the person that let's say my family, the institution, um, society wanted me to be because I wasn't willing to be honest and to be truthful first with myself, but then second with the, the places, people or things that I was attending, right. Or spending time with. And so that just kept me in this mode of like numbness and apathy where I couldn't progress. Yeah. And so why even try? Why get up and go to the gym? Like why try and be in a better mental state? Why be in better shape? Why try and be a better husband or a better dad? And I would fall into this trap of like the only things that I actually know how to do is play with my kid. And not a bad trap, right? Yeah. Not at all. Um, because I knew I wanted a good relationship with him. And now looking at it, what I was trying to do is find my happiness through him. Which I think a lot of parents do. Oh, so many. And that's okay. Cause that's what we know. But I was trying to find my happiness through him and through, um, all the experiences that I was, that we were creating for him. And that just wasn't working. Right. Yeah. So if we go, I mean, this is we're we're at this point, we probably decide to have another kid. We've got four kids at this point. I don't, I can't even remember when we had them, but, um, it was just rolling with the punches. And the thing that everybody kept telling us was like, as you continue to, um, fulfill your purpose, which we thought was have kids attend church, um, and like be a good human being, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. Sorry. As you continue to do that, then like money will come. Um, blessings will come. Uh, happiness will come. And so we just kept doing that. We just kept adding on to it. We would get the callings in the, in at church. We would, um, we plan to have our second and third babies and we would, stay in the job and everything did relatively come like we were, we did okay, but we never focused on actually what it, like what it would take to build something greater. We were just living this life. And in my mind, I was just like, actually it didn't even happen that soon. In my mind, everything was okay. Everything was as good as it was going to get until something happened. Like you would say, Hey, I think we should get a new house. Or I think we should do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Right? Like everything for me was based on somebody else's decision rather than my own. Yeah. And I was very much like, let's buy this house so we can flip it. And let's, and you're like, I don't know how that's going to happen. And I'm like, 
I'll make it happen. I don't know. I'll make it happen. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And uh, so we did that. And then it was like, like I said, mine was all proving to everybody, literally everybody, because I, that I was good enough because I had to prove to other people that I was good enough to believe for myself that I was good enough. Okay. And to believe that I had worth there. And so for me, like you talk about purpose and it's funny because like, that's my word for this year is purpose is very cool purpose in everything that I'm choosing to do and purpose in the words that I speak and the actions that I have and the things that I choose, like the content I choose to create, there's purpose in, in all, um, or intention, I guess you could use that word too, but Mm -hmm. my word is purpose and it is, I didn't have any at that time. I was literally doing like you want to talk about walking blindly. Like I, I think for the first time in my entire life, it was like a couple months ago, I finally sat down and thought to myself, like, am I really doing what I want to be doing? Or am I just doing what I'm doing? Because somebody told me that I was good at it. That's a very cool realization. It's terrifying though. It's so terrifying. And the thing that I've learned with fear is that like so often throughout my journey, I let fear hold me back a lot of times, but also for the most part, it propelled me forward to do most of the things that I ended up accomplishing. And so I normally know if something scares me, I'm going in the right direction. Now? Now I know that back then I just was scared and I just did it anyways, or I just convinced myself not to do it. But where I'm going, sorry, this has a point, um, (laughs) is that like I genuinely thought that if I was having the kids and I had the house and I had the car and I had the boat and I had the friends yeah, and I had the relationship with my parents and I had the callings and the church and the perfect Sunday outfits and I sat and I looked picture perfect on the outside. It was great. And on the, and I got the awards and I had the titles and the accolades and all those kind of things. And at the end of the day, like I genuinely didn't know who I was. Yeah. Like if you were to have asked me two years ago, I actually have, if you're this dedicated and you're listening, (laughs) I have a, a YouTube channel Mm-hmm. that I created in 2021 or 2020. I can't remember. And it's my real, it's my oh, it's 2021. And it was all based on real estate. And uh, in the bio of that, I pretty much continually tell you that I'm a realtor and a mom. But you have no idea who Lauren actually is. Like you don't know anything about me. You have no idea that I like, I'm not going to get emotional, but there's so much more inside and there's so much more that makes me who I am than my religion or the underwear that I wear or the job that I have or the titles that I choose to have or how many kids I have or who my parents are. There's so much more to me than that. But yet, that's all we're ever focused on with people. And there's so much more to you than that. And so I had to do, I had to get slapped in the face pretty much with life 
and uh, figure that out. And it was hard. It was not fun. And it's been really lonely. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking our journey or our story, I, I uh, truthfully thought I had made it in life. Mm-hmm. I uh, was making like great money for what? Amazing money. For like what I was doing. Yeah. Um, people knew who I was in the industry. I was teaching. I was training. I was a pretty good mom. I did all the crafts. I did the parties. I had multiple parties and events that I would host for people to come to. And I remember the other day you asked me, like, Lauren, why did you feel the need to put all of those parties on for people that, like, you don't even really talk to anymore? And my response was, I put them on, I think, because I wanted to connect to people. And you were like, really? And I was like, well, I, yeah, I wanted to make friends. And, and I, like, paused for a minute and I just said, I wanted to create a space for people to come so they didn't feel lonely but in doing so I felt so lonely because I was trying to do everything for everybody and I was like trying to prove myself to everybody Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to jump into this part of the story and then you get to jump into your part your part I think comes in like very clutch in this aspect okay Um, I had set a goal, um, when I first started in real estate to get this award called hall of fame at our company. And, uh, I should tell you, like I had a lot of awards under my belt. Like I was rookie of the year. The first year I was in business for real estate for our County, um, or for our like association. And I did that with having a baby and I had all these other stupid awards that I had been given. I was like, like top eight listing agent of the year for our company one year. I was rookie of the year for our company. Like mm-hmm. I, I had done it all. Like, and I was like, look at me. Like I am this shiny penny. Look at me. Like I am worth, I'm worth it. Like I've done it. Um, and so I had made it a goal like very early on to make hall of fame, which is, it doesn't sound like a lot. Um, and truthfully saying it now, like I feel kind of silly, but I like need to love on, on myself a little bit and not get, be so critical of it. Um, I made it a goal to do Hall of Fame, which is five consecutive years of selling five million or more in real estate. Which five million in real estate really isn't that much real estate. It's not. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking money like that I brought home in my pocket because I know like it's confusing, but mm. like overall gross, like sales price of things. Um but you have to have five consecutive years. So you can't skip a year. Like you have to sell over that amount for a consecutive amount of time. Yeah. And, uh, I did it. My, I mean, I've been in real estate nine years and I, I only had like a year. I mean, like I did it on year 
what was it like seven? Yeah. You're seven. You did it. So Very I only had a year, like a year, really a year and a half, two years before that. That And I was, I had moved out of the state for the first half of one of them. So I was feeling like on top of the world, right? So mm-hmm. I find out I'm going to make Hall of Fame. I've been tracking my numbers. I've been doing all these things. I'm like, I freaking have made it. Like I've done this. And at the time, um, life was just a lot. Like I was really unhappy and I didn't know why. I was like, you should be happy. You should be so grateful, all this stuff. And uh, I felt like shit. I did. Um, And so I got all of fame and I did not get the recognition that I wanted from the people that I wanted it from. And that broke me. Like completely broke me. And I wish I could sit here and say that it didn't. But it wrecked my world. And you saw that Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do. And for the first time in my entire life, the people that I wanted to see me didn't see me. And so therefore I didn't even see myself. I couldn't even be happy for myself. And, uh, so I kind of went into this deep depression of like, what is Lauren going to do now? And I think if we talk about spiritual journeys, this is when this all started for me. Um, I was 28, which if you know anything like astrology wise, um, typically when you turn around like 28, 29, you have what's called a Saturn return. And that is when I might butcher this. So if I'm wrong and you're like into astrology, don't like kill me because I could say this wrong, but pretty much it's where I think it's like where the moon is or the sun is, it's the moon where the moon is exactly where it was on the day that you were born. But it kind of kickstarts and thrusts your life into this like complete like shithole, in my opinion. Everyone's like, I'm in my Saturn return. And it's just like life gets hard and you're faced with a lot of shadows and you're kind of thrown into rediscovering who you are. And everybody goes through it whether or not you know it or not. So if you're older than that, and you come out of it right around 30, 31. Oh, wow. Um, or 32. So kind of in that realm. So if you're older than that and you're listening to this, go back to those ages of like 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. And think of what your life was, what was going on in your life then. And I had to laugh about this the other day because I was thinking about it. And my dad used to always say to us, like, everybody goes through this weird midlife crisis when they turn 30. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, he doesn't even know it. But he, he was like, he's like totally <laughs> he, in tune with the Saturn return energy. Yeah. Uh, and I need to tell him that because I haven't seen him since I thought of that. But um, I went into a really deep depression where I had horrible suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost tried. Yeah. Um, and I was just lost. I truthfully was. And so I decided at that time that I needed to connect back to myself and I had no idea how to, but I did know that I could take one day out of the week in a morning and try to go do something that I had never done before because I thought, you know, Hey, what the hell? I have nothing to lose. Like I'm either truthfully not going to be here anymore or I'm going to try this. So yeah, I have literally have nothing to lose and I was just numb. So I was trying to feel anything that I could feel or go to something that would make me feel something. Mm-hmm. And so I was laying in bed one night 
and I jumped on a local gym that's close by that I don't ever go to. So this is totally divine, like downloads that it even happened. Um, and I was looking at their yoga classes and like, guys, I need to like, let you know, like I did not, I was not a yoga person at all. Like I thought it was weird. I had kind of been told that like yoga was for hippies and it was kind of like woo woo. And if you did that, then like you like weren't in the right mind, like headspace and like they were living in the clouds and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go to yoga. Like it's relaxing. I've got to like, I'm going to do that. And so I find this yoga class and I don't even know how to say the name. And I now know that it was Kundalini yoga and I booked it at an, at 9am on a Tuesday morning or it was 920 on a Tuesday morning, which was normally when I would go to sales meeting at work. Yeah. And, uh, I took that time and I went and I showed up and I was expecting this, like, like a normal yoga, like a Bikram yoga class where like you go in and there's like 26, like it's 26 and two, that's postures, it's strict, all this stuff. And I show up and it's like the nicest lady on this sheepskin rug with her sound bowls. And I'm like, and people are like just relaxing. And I'm like, and we start and she hands me this paper and there's, there's words on it. And there's I'm like, chant on it, yeah. and I'm like, what, what the hell? And a, I showed up and I said, I'm here for this yoga class. It starts with a K <laughs> and, uh, they were like, Oh, Kundalini, it's upstairs. So I go up there and I'm up there and she hands me the paper and we start and we start by, um, doing the mantra that they always start with. And, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, where, what's happening? Like, what have I just got myself into? And it was the most life-changing thing I've ever been to. And they sing this this song at the end um, called Longtime Sun. And it's actually a song now that I sing to, like, Claire when I put her to sleep or, like, when I need to calm her down because the words in it are just incredible. And I remember as I was listening to it and – uh I was like taking it all in and I, I couldn't even see the words on my paper because I was crying so hard. And I remember just being like, what did I just go to? And I called you instantly. And I was yeah. like, I just went to the weirdest thing ever. Um, and you were like, well, I want to hear about it. So I don't know. I That was kind of like the start. I could keep going. Well, yeah, the start of, for you, that was, it was actually a really cool day because you were like, I just went to that yoga class and I just bawled my eyes out. I did. And I was like, I got to figure this out. Like, what is this? I got to go back. So I yeah. like started to check to see if there were other times I could go. Interesting. And nothing worked with my schedule. <clears throat> so I went back the next time and did it. And I started to learn all about Kundalini and how just incredible it was. And it's kind of like, not a really like it's very it's really cool yoga but it's not for everybody and i'll tell i'll say that right now well it's interesting even before you went to kundalini i tried to get you to go to yoga with me do you remember that uh we did do a gentle yoga class yes. yeah um but yeah so that's kind of a cool full circle circle moment it is i love that um for me uh we go back to like when i was super overweight and unhappy right because I want you to finish your story, but I also want to tell mine. <laughs> Please do. No, do. We'll, we'll light, we'll leave off at like the second time I went to Kundalini and, and, and my meditation there and I'll pick up after you. Yeah. Um, so super overweight and unhappy. 
and not really knowing like how to make money, how to, um, support a family, how to, but honestly not even caring. Really? Which is so weird. Um, I, I feel like you cared a little bit because. Well, I always were... cared be, because the thing is, is that a man's supposed to do all those things. Like a man is supposed to live up to those standards. That's what I was taught. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a really, really good standard for a man to live up to is to support his family. And for some reason, like I never was able to do that, but like I never, I just hid under your shadow, honestly. Yeah. Because you were so headstrong and now knowing like feminine and masculine energy you took on a masculine energetic role in our relationship from day one. I did. So when people say like, oh, she wears the pants in the relationship. Like, yeah, she fucking wore the pants in the relationship. I did. And I took on a very feminine energy and I've always been that way. And I didn't know that until like recently. Which isn't bad. Yeah, And that's what I'm trying to get at is that like, I'm very, very like emotional and loving and accepting and, and like caring and nurturing and all those things. Like I'm the Pisces. If you want to talk Zodiac signs and like Lauren was the Leo. So she was like the, the hard nose, get it done. Like, um, a type personality, all those things. And I was like the passive one. Um, I'd always like read my horoscope when, even when I wasn't into them and I'd be like, I sound like a pussy. Like what, why, (laughs) why am I this way? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I got a job. Your mom gave me a job and I love her so much for it. Uh, but I like, it, I, it wasn't for me, but it was something that made money. And so I took it and I rolled with it for a really, really long time and was very, very unhappy, even though my circumstance was amazing. Right. And outside looking in, no one, just like you, no one would have known that I was unhappy because genuinely, like I was able to golf all the time. I didn't have set hours that I needed to be at the office. I could like help my family. I could uh, perfect situation, but I wasn't making like a ton of money. Right. And so in my mind, it still wasn't the perfect situation. And then we still have underlying Hey, I'm lying to my spouse about an addiction that I have. Um, I'm lying to the institution that I shouldn't be lying to. And so I'm not going to get these blessings regardless. And I'm not going to um, ever tell anybody that because that's just not happening. And so what does my mind automatically go to? Oh, it'd just be easier to not be here. And it's interesting because even as a teenager, like I masturbated as a teenager, which every fucking teenager does. Yeah now knowing that, but in my, in my own little world, I didn't know anybody else was doing it. Right. And so my suicidal thoughts started when I was like 14, 15, 16 years old, where I would be driving down the road. And I'd be like, if I just swerved in front of the semi, I wouldn't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. Right. Um, that continued until I was 28 years old. And to me, even thinking about that, it's so daunting that like my brain automatically went to those things just because I wasn't able to tell the truth to somebody else. And I couldn't tell myself the truth. Like I knew all of my truths, but like I would, there was, there was no way in hell that I was ever saying anything. Yeah. Um, and so that forms a lot of like my 
inability to perform because I was just like, I can hide in the shadows and not have to do any of these things. And like, I'll just let Lauren take the limelight for most everything. And that's okay because then we're safe. Right. Yeah. And it took me, um, like we've talked about suicide a lot on this podcast. We've have a couple episodes on it and you guys know our stance on that, but it took me to the point of like, I have to tell my spouse about this. Like, I don't care if I have to tell the leader of the institution of the church. I don't care if I have to tell my parents, I need to tell the one person that I'm, that I chose to do life with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And that's when I was 28 years old. And so you want to talk Saturn returns. I'm not into that world like you are, but like, I love it. Uh, My life got flipped upside down at that point. And I was just like, it was the first time that I ever actually listened to myself, but it took me to what we call my basement level. It took me to the lowest of low points in my life where I had to dig up all of my dirty laundry, where I had to, um, mess up at like, if I, if you go down to my basement level, nothing is nice and neat. Everything is dirty. That's where porn lives. That's where lies live. That's where, um, disgust lives. Everything gross about me that I thought was gross. I had to get down to that level to understand that like, listen, either this shit has to get cleaned up in my head or just like you said, like it's not worth it to be here anymore. Yeah. Right. And so my decision to tell you about all of my stuff, not knowing it was the catalyst that would propel me to actually see the world that was going on in front of me. And from that moment on, because that was the very first time that I had ever honestly told the truth ever 28 years. Cause I, I loved lying. I got so good at it throughout our whole marriage. Yeah. Right. So good at it. Um, that's where my journey started. And from that day, I would go to work and I drive up and down the freeway, like to and from work. And I just, I look around and I'm like, is this all life has to offer? Like, is this it? Like genuinely, is this it? All I do is I wake up, I go to work. I I like watch my kids come home, rinse and repeat. Is that it? Like I have the same stupid conversations with every single person that I meet. Hey, I want to sell you this. Hey, I want to talk to you about this. Do you want it or not? No. Okay, cool. But I don't know anything about them. They don't know anything about me. Right? It was such an empty life that I was living. And I finally woke up the second that I decided to tell one truth. Like one time. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if you want to talk about like connecting back to myself and being so disconnected from myself. I don't know where that started for me. Whether it was in my like preteen years, my teenage years or whenever it was. But I got so disconnected from what God truthfully made Matt to be. And that disconnection just kept on going until I finally started to tell the truth where I would like the disconnection is the societal norms. The disconnection is listening to everyone else. The disconnection is fitting into the system, living in the matrix, all of these things. Yeah. 
And the second you decide not to, you connect back to yourself. And that journey is going to look a lot different to a lot of people. Yeah. That's going to look so much different, whether it's telling the truth, um, whether it's coming out with something that you've never done, whether it's like going, experiencing something that you've never done, like your situation. Um, and it's like the universe hits you in the face of, Hey, hello, there is something else to be lived and something else to do. Yeah. Right. And this disconnection that you've had, this unassociation, this unconscious life that you've been living doesn't have to be you anymore. Cause guess what? There's the actual person that God made that God intended for you to be. No one is meant to fit into one jar. No one's meant to fit into one capsule. We are all meant to be so different human beings and our story is what makes us who we are. And so the second that I told one truth, I realized that I didn't have to live in that world anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to end this episode because we have so much more story to tell. We do. I'm going to keep going. Why not? <laughs> okay. Why not? We'll keep going. Um, because we're here. Um, and so, okay. So we, I, I, I said we'd leave off on my Kundalini yoga thing. I went and I was like, we are going to start a podcast or I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah, you did tell me that. I felt like I had all these things <laughs> I was going to say, which is funny because like I said, I tried to do this YouTube channel with for real estate stuff. Well, I kind of fast forward a little bit, huh? Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. Because um, you just told your side. Um, and I was like, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to get out there and, and say things to people and make, and make connections. There was connections. something in you that was like, Hey, your story needs to be told. I don't even know if it was mainly my story. It was just kind of like, Hey, like go connect with people. It's why I did the events. It was all that kind of stuff. Like I wanted yeah. to feel something. I wanted to connect yeah. with people. I wanted to create spaces for people to feel loved and accepted and, and honestly, like reach their potential and see their potential that they had. Like I, I want, I've always wanted to create that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I called you and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast, but I need your help because I'm not very good on the technical side of things. So if you could like, can you help me? Like, I think we, I think I should do this. Hmm. And you were like, yeah, what do you get? What are you going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. I got to figure all that out. But like, if you know me, I have an idea and it's like full throttle, like, let's go. There's really no thinking through it. It's just like. We yeah. do it. It's like a full, like, hell yes, let's go. <laughs> um, and I think it was maybe like a couple hours and I called you back and I was like, oh, we're supposed to do a podcast together. Yep. And I was like, no, you were like, I'm not absolutely doing it. not. not I happening. do not like talking. Yeah. Yes. You were like, no, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out, but it'll be fun and all this stuff. And so I had this idea and then it was kind of like, it kind of, went away because I got scared yeah. and I really didn't know how it looked and you weren't really on board. And I was like, I can't do this without you because I, <laughs> I see it with both of us. And so, yeah, I could get on and I could do solo episodes and I could do that. But like, what am I going to talk about? Pop culture? Like I don't even follow that. I don't, I don't really care about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I could just get on and talk about myself. I, I genuinely like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you finally got on board and you were like, I'll do it. And then we started to like get all the stuff and we had some good friends of ours that were like, just talk about things that 
nobody talks about. Like the topics that you guys would talk about with us or that you would talk to with friends in your living room, like just talk about those. And we were like, we can do that. We have awesome conversations with people when we're like in person with them. Like we'll just have those kind of conversations. Right. And so that's kind of how the podcast got started with like, let's talk about all these things. And so if you go back to our first couple episodes, which is so fun to, to re-listen to, they're those kind of topics. But they're also topics that we started talking about before, or I would say at the beginning of our healing journey. Yeah, the very beginning. Very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think some of them recorded even before we knew that we were going on this amazing journey <laughs> together. Um, and I will say, like, I said this to you the other day, like, I'm so unbelievably grateful that we've done this together. Yeah. And that we've taken this journey together because I know for a lot of relationships, that's not the case. Yeah. And I consider ourselves so unbelievably lucky that we both chose to do the work at the time that we did and we chose to do it together. Right. And we went on this journey together. Um, And so we record the first couple episodes and then you come to me and tell me, and tell me the truth about everything that's been going on with you and, and your porn addiction and how you've been feeling. Yeah. And uh, I, um, was, I guess, according to you, I don't, I, I, it's bad. Like, I haven't blocked it out, but like that moment, I, that night, I do remember a lot, but I, I couldn't tell you why I responded the way that I did, other than just to see you and how much sadness that you had. Mm-hmm. and how hard that was for you to tell me how can you not have compassion and love for somebody in that situation and so kind of looking at you that way and then going more into um i actually found a note on my phone the other day of like two or three days after you told me and i remember that night very vividly and i sat on the corner of our bed after the kids had gone to bed and i just cried and cried and cried and cried and you came over and gave me a hug and you apologize. And I was like, it's okay. I just, I think I just need to feel all of this. Yeah. And I like wrote in my section of my notes, just how angry I was at you and how angry I was at you for making me feel a certain way. And I was right back to feeling lost and confused. And I didn't feel like I had any purpose. I didn't feel like I had any direction or guide. Like I really just was like, I'm waking up and I'm doing the same thing every single day. Yep. And I'm exactly what you said, which is so funny because when you would come to me and you would say that, like, is there more to life than this? I would get so angry at you. I'd be like, how ungrateful are you? Yeah. Like, you should be so grateful. We have an amazing life. And I have to, like, give myself a little love back then and just be like, you don't know. Like, your goggles are still on. Oh, wow. Because I didn't know any better than to just be like, you should be so grateful for the life that you have. And guess what? Questioning things doesn't make you ungrateful. It doesn't make you ungrateful at all. You should always be questioning everything. Yeah. And your motives and your reasoning behind every single thing that you do. Because when you question, you have so much more intention behind your choice. You have a choice to do absolutely everything in your life, whether you consciously do it or not. You have a choice. Well, that's what we learned. Um but I remember going through like the beginning, like I said, this healing journey has been very lonely for me mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have anyone to talk to and I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't feel like I could talk to my family about it. 
I didn't feel like I could talk to, I don't really have any friends, but I didn't really feel like I could talk to the friends that I did have because I didn't want it to negatively, like have them think negatively about you. I didn't want their like thoughts and their words to kind of like crowd my mind of what they thought of you or what they thought of the situation. Yeah. Like I really genuinely wanted to try to keep an open mind and really be like, what do I think about it? Like, how am I going to fix this for me? Like, what do I want to do? Um, and so we started to go to a coach, which was like the best thing we probably could have ever done. I, you, you, you did a couple therapy sessions with, with some therapists, um, because I needed, but what I didn't realize was like, I was trying to like heal you. And I thought if by healing you, it would heal me. But like, I needed to connect to myself. What was that? Yeah, don't fast forward that part because that was amazing. Um, you said, I need to talk to somebody about this. I did. And I don't know who, I need to talk to somebody. And I was like, all right, we'll find whoever and go talk to them, right? And, and I was like, you go do it. Like, go figure it out. Go talk to somebody. And you, and you were like, well, I think you need to talk to somebody too. And I was like, I'm good. I don't need to talk to anybody. Yeah. Because that's just who I was. Like, I didn't like to share. I didn't like to be honest. I didn't like to be open that I, I wasn't programmed that way. Right. Yeah. I tried to get you to go to therapy. Like, like I was hardened so bad. I was like, I'm not sharing anything with anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you tried to get me to go for a couple of years. Honestly, you're like, you need to figure yourself out because I was so depressed. I was literally suicidal all the time. I was so depressed. I was so anxious about everything. And like, you guys know, know why, because all like my mind had just been constantly, you were, you're not good enough. Yeah. And and so we, I like, I was like, okay, fine. I found, I found an app that I can pay like $50 and talk to a therapist for 60 minutes. And it was the most like ungenuine conversation I've ever had. I was like, I'm never doing that again. That was stupid. And the guy gave me like a couple pointers of like, Hey, if you ever have temptations, then you should just stop. And I'm like, thanks buddy. You know, like, Thank you. Um, and so, but then I don't know what got me to go, but you scheduled this appointment with a coach and I was like, all right, we'll go. And, and you're like, we'll point, go, but you can just talk the whole time. And I was like, fine, I will. Yeah. But deep down I was like, hold on. Just so you know, like deep down I was like, hold on, maybe this will help. And we sit in that, that first appointment that we ever went on and guys, this is truthfully when like everything shifts for both of us. We, we sat down and the coach said, so why are you here? And I was like, hold on, time out. I get to actually sh- like talk, right? And I told her everything. I was just like, well, I was like the most honest I've ever been with anybody. Yeah. Like this is what happened in our relationship. This is what I did. Like I've lied my whole life. Like um, I realized that like I, I caused this. I took full accountability for everything. And she sat there and she was like, wow. Thank you for being honest, right? And from there for me, sorry, I'm hijacking your story. No, please continue. From there for me, set the trajectory of connecting back to myself, of understanding who Matt really is, of understanding that like, as I am open, as I do share, then I feel so much better about myself. Um. And that was so, that's when my like healing process 
started after my initial truth was like, holy shit, I can get all of this stuff off my shoulders. Like religious experience, take this damn weight off my shoulders. I can tell you right now, and we'll dive into the story, but I can tell you right now, that's when I started losing weight. That's when I started actually like being able to see the world for what it is and what I wanted to do. Um, and it came through this person sitting in front of us, not judging me. Yeah. Not giving a fuck what I had done in my life and just understanding that like I was just another human being going through some stuff. How insane is that outside looking in? Right? Yeah. So, sorry I hijacked your story. You didn't hijack it at all. Um, I think that's so funny. That's how your experience was because, like, truthfully, their first couple's coaching sessions, I was like, I hate this. Yeah. Because I felt I felt kind of attacked. Right. Um, In a good way. Because, like, I just said at the beginning, kind of in the middle of this episode, I never questioned anything. It just kind of was like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, this is good. Life is good. And so when someone was like asking me questions over and over and over again. And I was like, I don't want to fucking answer these. And you, yeah. I don't even know how to answer these. I'm bugged. I can't answer these. I don't know how to answer these. And like, truthfully, I thought I had done so much healing. And so I thought I had healed myself mm -hmm. before you told me everything. Right. Like I had gotten into the yoga stuff. I got into like crystals. I got into meditation at a very, very small amount. I hosted a wellness night. I got sound bowls. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm on my healing journey. I have been healed. And like little did I know that was just the beginning. Mm -hmm. It was like my higher self was like, Lauren, you need all these things because they're going to like take over your life and <laughs> and your life's about to change. Right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of like crystals and things like that, it's so funny. I was looking back at things and it's so amazing how the universe genuinely aligns everything that's supposed to happen because I think you told me in like August about everything and in um like June I went to the crystal shop to buy crystals for an event I was doing yeah and the cutest lady was there working and she was like I want to make you a necklace and like do you know how to like pick crystals and like do the crystals and stuff like that and I was like not really like I just pick the ones I think are cute or that have good meanings, like that kind of thing. Right. And she made me the most beautiful necklace with four stones on it. And the bottom one is Moldavite, which is a very powerful stone. And I remember her, like she acted like, I mean, this is a horrible correlation, but like she acted like it was the stone off of like Power Rangers or like, <laughs> or like Superman, like the kryptonite yeah. that was like going to kill me. And she was like, it's so powerful and like, it's a life-changing stone. And so either your life is about to take like a total, like, like boom, like, like it's going to slingshot you and you're going to go in a completely different direction than where you're at yeah. or your life's going to crumble. And I was like, I don't know if I want this stone. And she was like, but it's calling to you. Like you need it. And I was like, put it on. Right. And I wore that necklace so much and I still wear that necklace, but little did I know that was starting everything, which is so cool to me that that stone, like believe in crystals or don't believe in crystals. I don't care. Like there was a reason that that stone got put in my necklace and then everything kind of happened. And so you tell me and 
I think we can do this on our own and everything's good and you do the apps and you do all the things and like we're yeah. really not talking and we're not really, you know, our relationship is actual dog shit at that point in time. Yeah. And I'm straight up considering leaving. And I'm like, I can't. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Who have I married? So everything that you had thought about yourself, I was starting to see. And I was like, he's a loser. Yeah. I mean, like putting, like that's really mean of me to say, but I was like, not he's unmotivated. He's not doing anything. He doesn't see what like he's caused. I deserve better than this. I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like shit. He makes me feel like this. Yeah. And I was kind of like, wh- what? This is like, I'm like, okay, well, if I leave, wh- what is everyone going to think? And what am I going to do? And what are our kids going to do? And I don't know if I want, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I like, I truthfully was just so lost. And I was like, but I feel so alone already. So like, does it really matter if I keep him around? Like I can do this with or without him. I don't, I don't care anymore. But like he's hurting me over and over and over again. Yeah. And so we go to coaching. I sign up, I, I get in touch with this coach and we go and I'm like, please come with me. And that honestly, had you told me no, I think one more time I probably would have been like, I'm done. Yeah. Cause I was so fed up. Like you just wouldn't see you wouldn't see that like things needed to change and you were so stubborn and I was so frustrated and you were like, fine, I'll go. And I was like, thank you. And we <laughs> went and you told your story and, I, and she validated, well, she didn't validate you. She, she literally just saw you for who you were. Yeah. And I remember like the first couple sessions we did, like I said, I left so, we would leave so angry or I would leave so angry because I was just getting challenged every single session from myself, from my ego, from my head, from everything that I had been taught and what I was, what I had learned. And like there were sessions I would like, I would say the meanest shit to you because I finally had a spot I could say it all. You could finally say something, yeah. And it was the most healthy thing we've ever done for our relationship. Yeah. Because it opened up a door for us to be able to have conversation so raw and open and honest of things that I like had held back, things I hadn't said because I was so scared to hurt you or I was so scared of how you would take it that it was like, it finally came to the point where it was like, I can leave. Like that's on the table. Like leaving is on the table. So I might as well just tell you everything anyways. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. And so we do coaching and we do this and like my mind starts to get completely blown at the questions that I'm being asked and the concepts I'm being taught and the books I'm starting to read. And I'm like, holy cow, my goggles like slowly start to come off like one by one, little by little. And I start to do so much work internally, which then connects me back to myself. And it's like, who is Lauren? Like I said earlier, and I think the coolest thing that I was ever taught was like, she asked me that one time, like, who are you? And I started spatting things off and she's like, no, like, I don't care about any of that. Like, who are you? And I was like, ah, I like this and I like this and I like this. And she's like, no, like, like you, you are you. And that is enough. Like you don't need everything else. Like it's like the I am statement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's powerful. Yeah. Like I am me and that's enough. Like as simple as that is, but yeah, it's so powerful. And so little by little, 
we continue to do this healing journey together. And I think that that's why I say I'm so grateful for it was that I got to watch you in really raw and vulnerable moments. And I got to hold space and I got to sit across from you and I got to learn from you. And I got to learn in that healing journey with you where had we gone in the route of you talking to your online therapist guy, I would have had to ask you afterwards, like, how was that experience? Like, what did you guys talk about? What did you learn? What did you go through? And instead I got to sit there with you in that exact moment and feel everything. And if things came up for me, I got to talk about them. Yeah. And there was no right or wrong and there was no good or bad. It was truthfully just like we got to be there for each other. And I got to see you for everything that you are and everything that you have been and everything that you will be. And that was like the best thing that we've ever done for our relationship that way. Yeah. And the best thing I've ever done for my spiritual journey. So I even felt, um, I still felt very, very disconnected from myself. And I didn't really understand why, because there were, I would go through times when I like felt amazing because I had gotten a lot off my chest and I was truthful with you, with myself, my situation. Um, but I still felt kind of empty. And so we went to a session and guys, meanwhile, just like for backstory, like Lauren's still selling houses. I'm still working in title for her mom, right? Like we're still living the same exact life that we had lived before. And, but then also going to a coach. Yeah. So like trying to figure out a different approach, but living the same life that we were in. And in the meantime, I'm getting comments from people like, oh, are you a sex therapist now? And because we were still doing the podcast. We were, we were, yeah, we, we've always done the podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, I was getting comments at work, like, because I little, was training at work and it was comments like, mm-hmm. if you could keep things that you talk about in the bedroom or things you keep, like you talk about on your podcast out of, the work environment, that would be great. And well, it was because little by little, as we were able to open up to like the coach, we were able to open up on our podcast and we were open, like we were able to start talking yeah, and conversing and not being ashamed and like using the word masturbate when before that was an anomaly, right? Yeah. Or like using the word porn when no one mentioned that before. Um, and like talking about things so openly that it made other people so uncomfortable yeah. at this time. And so we're like trying to start all like, we're just doing our podcast cause we love to do it. And we had so many good responses from people of like, Hey, this is helping so much, but in all reality, it wasn't for anybody else. It was for us. Yeah. Um, but I sat down with the coach and I'm like, I still feel empty. Like, I don't know what's going on. And she asked me one simple question. And it was the hardest fucking question I've ever had to answer. And the question was, what do you want? And if I'm sitting here asking you, listening, what is it that you want? And I make you sit with that. I bet you get really, really uncomfortable. Because you don't actually know. Because I had zero idea of what I wanted with my life. Or what I wanted to do because I had just been doing, I had just been surviving. I had just like been coasting through this thing called life for the last eight years. And it was so uncomfortable when that person sat and, and 
and I had to answer. I had to answer and I was just like, I don't know. And that's the easy answer for everyone. If I ask you a question right now and you don't actually want to answer, you don't want to spend the time to think about it, you'll tell me, I don't know. And my biggest thing now is like, I don't know is never a fucking answer. You're the only person that knows. Not anyone else. Don't go ask your dad. Don't go ask your freaking boss, whoever it is. Like you're the one that knows. Yeah. And I understand that now. But I had to sit with that question for so long. I couldn't even answer it that session. I couldn't answer it for probably five or six sessions after that. And so she just kept reiterating it over and over and over again until I finally had to answer. Right. And, um, throughout all of this, I had been trying to figure out what I wanted, but then also trying to figure out who I was before and what made me, me. And, um, that's where meditation was, uh, introduced to me. So I'm so fortunate that this person that we hired, um, and we paid a lot of money <laughs> to sit there and talk to somebody and it is the best money we've ever spent. Um, but to this person that we hired that, that she taught us how to meditate and she taught us that, um, through meditation, you find answers to life's questions. And from just that one simple statement that I was taught in coaching formed my passion for life was that you have the answer to every single question that you've ever asked. Yep. And I formed other passions through it. Um, mainly a lot of them is keeping people here when they need to be here and making sure that they don't leave too early. <laughs> um, but meditation helped me. You want to talk about my, my spiritual journey and me healing and me going through the depths of my basement to come out and go to my past and visit my, myself in places where I had the most trauma, in places that I've never felt good enough, in places that I've always, um, that I ch honestly knowingly chose to block from my memory. I got to those places and have gotten to those places through meditation. Yeah. And I started to wake up little by little after getting answers for myself, after tapping into what my body, the answers that my body already had. And I started to realize that, wow, I can make a difference if I just am myself. And the connection to myself happened through visiting every single part of myself that came up for me and healing it with the person that I am now. Because the only person that I've ever needed was me right now in the form that I've in. Because I've gone on this healing journey, air quotes, to say, hey, you forgot who you were, man. And at times you really didn't even know. Yeah. And I got to sit with that kid. I got to sit with that teenager. I get to sit with that 21 year old as my current self and say, Hey man, it's okay. You don't need to judge yourself about what the church is trying to tell you. You can let that go. You can let that go. It's okay to do that. 
And I got to sit with myself in some really, really dark places that I had not remembered and love myself. I've envisioned in my meditations, giving my, no joke, my 12-year-old self the biggest hugs that he was not getting from anyone. And that's where this is, uh, that's where this gets real for me because we can talk about telling the truth. We can talk about um, not hiding anymore, uh, being in a good relationship, all of that stuff. But genuinely, the connection to yourself through all of these methods, whether it be ours, what we've learned or somebody else's is so crucial. Yeah. It's so crucial to, um, your authenticity. And it's so crucial, honestly, to God's plan for you and for this world. I think one of the coolest realizations that I ever had through meditation was that, um, like we were always taught that after, after we die, like we will be able to create worlds. Yeah. And we'll be able, like, we'll be gods of our own worlds and we'll be able to create those worlds, but we had to do it together. And if one of us wasn't worthy, then like what was going to happen to me? Yeah, yeah. Like I was so confused about that. Like everything like throughout our spiritual journey, that's been a, that had always been a frustration of mine of like, well, like shit, if I'm keeping these commandments and I'm keeping these covenants, and you're not, then what the fuck is going to happen to me? That's a good part of our story that we didn't even talk about too. Oh, well, that's okay. But like, yeah. what the fuck is going to happen to me if you're not doing these things because we made a promise together so we could receive these blessings, which are amazing and so incredible and I want to receive them, right? Yeah. Um. And so I had a an experience with meditation that was really confusing to me for a while. Um, And it's actually like probably one of the most sacred moments wanted like yeah uh, that's happened to me um but it was when i was trying to get pregnant with claire yeah and uh, i was just not getting pregnant and i was really frustrated and i was pissed and uh, i was kind of like okay normally i would pray to god at this point in time and ask like why why is this not happening or please like bless me with this baby and like i'm sure i'm not getting pregnant because i'm not doing the things i'm supposed to be doing like, i'm not keeping up with those covenants i'm not make, keeping those promises that i made right yeah they weren't aligning for me they didn't make sense they weren't i just there was just more to me than than those right yeah i mean i truthfully believe that like god understood that and him and i are on the on a different level there and he knew he knows the intentions of my heart and so i had this meditation i i actually fought meditation for a long time and you were like just try it just try it just do it and i was like i can't and you were like just do it like i'll like i'm gonna set the scene and and you like got the tub ready. You're like, I love meditating in the tub. Like you got me a tub all nice and ready. Yeah. And you were like, just try it, Lauren. Like, just try. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I was in a state where I was really bitter just because I wasn't getting what I wanted and and I had no control over it. Um, and so I went into this meditation. And uh, if you ever do meditation with us, we always have you go to like a scene or like a place. And uh, my place weirdly was this for a really long time. It was a white, a white space. There was like nothing there. And I was like, why do I go to this white space with nothing there? Like there's literally nothing. It was just me. And I was like, this is really creepy. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, in this specific meditation though, I went to this field that I know exactly where it's at and it was beautiful. And, uh, I was greeted by this woman and, uh, 
this woman, I wrote it in my journal after because I was like, I never want to forget her. Like I don't, I don't ever want to forget her presence and her, the way that she feels and how beautiful she is. And, um, I remember I got done and I told you, I was like, Matt, like whoever this was, like, and I searched on the internet for days to try to find a picture of her. Like, I was like, I don't know who she was. I don't know if it's heavenly mother. I don't know if it's yeah. this, like a goddess. I don't know who she is, but I never, ever, ever want her to leave me ever. Like just her warm embrace. She's stunning. She was calm. She was wise. Like, oh, like, I don't even know how to describe her, but like, Oh, like just incredible. And in my meditation, she was holding something and she like walked towards me and she was holding something and it was covered and I could tell it was a baby. And I remember asking her like, is that mine? And she wouldn't say anything. And I just remember saying like, can I look? And she shook her head and she never talked to me. Um, but she just sat down with me in this field with this baby that she was holding that I couldn't see. And I just sat there with her and I remember like her presence alone was just enough. Yeah. And, uh, I kept asking like, is that mine? Like, is that my baby? And she wouldn't say anything. And then finally I had the thought of like, it's just not time yet. And I was like, okay. And then instantly I went to like the desert in Arizona, which is like a very special place in my heart. If you know our story and it was sunset and like the cactuses were beautiful and all this, but she was still with me. And it was just like this feeling. And I remember asking her like, please don't go. Like, I I want you to stay with me. And I got out of that meditation and I told you, I instantly wrote in my journal and I remember writing in there like, I don't ever want her to leave me. Like I want to go back in meditation every day because I want to feel that and I want to feel her presence and I want to feel that. And, uh, I uh, literally was like, I think I was greeted by like Heavenly Mother who I feel like I've always had a really strong relationship to. And like, I think she's amazing and she's incredible. And like, I felt so connected to her mm-hmm. or what I thought was her. And uh, it wasn't until later I would like go into meditation and she wouldn't come. And I was like, that's rude. Like <laughs> you show up and you show me how incredible you are and then you don't come back. Like what the crap? Right. And I wouldn't even see her like in dreams or anything like that. And uh, it wasn't until I did a meditation and I had to call on my higher self during the meditation. And I was not expecting it. Um, And I saw her again. And I remember being like, wait, that can't be me. Like that can't, that can't be me. And just knowing like in the same exact assurance that I had in that first meditation of like, this baby is yours and it'll come when it's ready. I had that exact same feeling of like, this is you, this is your higher self. And this is who you are with everything else ripped away. Like this is your true self. And I think at that moment spiritually, I was like, I have all the answers I need. I've just got to ask. That's beautiful. And I've got a question. And so I'm not saying that I don't still love God. I don't believe in God, but I for sure as hell believe in myself. Wow. And I trust myself 
a lot after seeing that. I don't know how I couldn't. Yeah. Because I don't want to live this life thinking that one day I can become a god or one day I can create a world when I have the ability to do it right now. I have that already inside of me. I've been shown it. I can't deny it. So meditation's freaking awesome. That was gorgeous. <laughs> and it's so interesting how we can start this story off with two people that um didn't know who they were. And through being molded and um kind of just encased by this world, we we we, you lose ourselves, you lose yourself. And then we can come back to the simple truth of, I trust myself. When in all reality, that was never anything that I would have thought would be an answer. Um, so the connection to yourself is so crucial to this life. And we are advocates of, if you can commit to yourself enough to want to know more about who you are and what's inside and what answers are awaiting for you. Then this world opens up and is so much more beautiful. And it all starts with the connection to yourself. It does. And again, I'll, I'll reiterate this. We sit and talk about relationships a lot, but the only way that we're able to have the relationship that, that we have right now is because we were able to sit with ourselves for so long to break down all of the personal walls that we had to then come to each other and say, Hey, I love myself enough to love you. And you know, every damn thing about me because I had to figure it out. And then I was strong enough to share. And so it's not about being a couple or being in a relationship. It's about being who you truly need to be. It's about connecting to yourself back to yourself, because I'm going to tell you a very, very hard truth. That's always been inside of you. You just chose to forget it. You've always known who you are. Um, but some other things have kind of made you forget that and made you shift that mindset. So our invitation is come back to you and connect back to you. And then as you do that, this world opens up so much more and you get what you want. You learn how to share. You can become a masculine, feminine, emotional, strong human being all in one. And we love you for that. That might be a good way to end. I think it's great. <laughs> There's a lot of parts of our story that we're going to pick apart um, more in detail. But we wanted to let you guys in to just that of why we do what we do now. Why it is that we want to now teach this. And why it is that we want to now open up this world to you. Um, 
And the reason simply enough is because it's so important to us and genuinely it saved our lives. We love you guys. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody that you feel like needs to hear it as well. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, please go do that. We love to connect with you. It's at Grind Together Co. Um, you can ask questions there. You can engage with us there. Um, but yeah, we just love you guys. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode.